This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today on Casually Hardcore, the 2014 Video Game Award results. Insurance for your donations. PlayStation has an experience. Benadoc Cumberstrange. Have a non-awkward chat with your Windows 10 OS. ESO is still not ready for consoles. A couple big name casting confirmations. That and so much more television to talk about, especially Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Don't panic, like the book says. The casuals have taken control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. Casually Hardcore for Sunday, the 7th of December, 2014, begins. I am Gnomewise. I'm Dexa. And I'm Grail. And we are broadcasting at a weird time because football. 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 Yes, my, my co-hosts and their crazy American hand egg. Uh, what kind of a game you got to go to later today? Uh, it's Cardinals and the Chefs. The Chefs! The chefs, <laughs> yes. That is one of the... Uh, more best commercials m- ever. Best commercials ever. <laughs> Dang rat and fracking. <laughs> it's, it's the funny juxtaposition of the huge linebacker and the little old guy, the groundskeeper. Yeah. Jeez, it looks great. But who are the chefs? Who are the chefs? <laughs> oh, great googly moogly. Yeah. <laughs> Never a dull Never. moment. Classic. So, yes, we're recording this early on Sunday so that uh, Daxa and Grail can wander off to see the chefs and the. Uh, um, Shorter cooks, I guess, uh, duke it out on the gridiron? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, it's our next lag. I think, actually, we're going to be doing this back-to-back because I think the following week is the Seahawks, Seahawks. game, which is our final game of the season. Well, thanks, Seahawks! Thanks to the glory of uh, technology, we can still pull this crap off. So Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Skype, and hopefully you know, it'll continue to not be screwed up by Microsoft owning it, uh, as it has generally been, fingers crossed. That'd be good. Oh, TV Land. So you, you guys, um, because of their week long or two, week or two week break, yeah. we're not technically in the we're pa- not technically past the Gilligan period on the most recent Agents of Shield. You know, oh, wow. I, I knew that as soon as I put it in there, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> so we can make some vague references to we it can, being yeah. not not a bad episode. Certainly um, better than some of the ones we've had recently. I think. Uh, yeah, it was more kind of like, all right, we're, well, the uh, the big thing is they're going to their mid-season finale right. next week, or winter finale, whatever the hell they're calling it dun, now. Dun, dun. Yeah, so basically take a, uh, about a, probably a month and a half off. Uh, so they actually ramped the story up finally a little bit, because the whole Colson drawing line, like that, dragged for yes. a little bit longer. The Colson going crazy situation. Yeah, like just well just trying to like get to like what is it about? Like 
they at least they gave it a decent payoff where the end of that boring arc l- planted a breadcrumb which led to the next big thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at least they had that. But yeah, it was not the most compelling storytelling. And their ratings indicate that, that we weren't alone in that opinion. No, no. I mean, I think they're they're putting good stuff in there. It's just I they need – I don't know. They need somebody to kind of come in and say, you got to punch up the story a little bit here. You can put the breadcrumbs, but don't have it be completely boring for you know four episodes yeah. or five episodes just to get to the point of finding out the city and uh that's and that's kind of where we left going into right. this episode as they knew where the city was but at the same and, time and hydra totally has wrong. the key yes to it's, the it's, city. it's a matter of we have the map they have the key okay dun, 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 dun. right the um yeah and i was totally wrong i i, I thought this was going to be a big inhuman tie-in and i thought the city was going to wind up being the blue area of the moon nope not at all right here on nope. Earth, apparently right on earth that was the last little uh easter egg they let go of at the end of the most last episode we're allowed to talk about without being right spoiler, right was oh here it is we found it it is in fact on earth our big our big breaking into the australian facility satellite uplink to scan the earth uh paid off and right. they know where they're going was where we left off yeah uh, so we had that we had uh uh, what you're left to believe that Ward uh, pretty much taking out his family. Yep. Um, parents and, and brother all join, dead. joining back into Hydra or kind of coming back back in. Yeah, to the, the last fold. the last scene is him and dear old dad with Whitehall all sitting down for a fireside chat. Of well, you know about the uh, what? What do they call him? The obelisk? Um, the, the, the diviner. The diviner. You know all about Shield. Uh, subtext there is you've interacted with Sky, whom Daddy rather badly wants to get back together with. Um, that so just sounds wrong. Let's just uh, yeah, just not touching that because <clears throat> I can totally see just yeah, this creepy dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the also the other big reveal that episode was um, Whitehall basically being responsible for the death of dad's wife and Sky's right. mom. Right, right. So we're, we're going to eventually probably lead to the discovery where dad flips out and, and tries to kill Whitehall once he discovers, oh, you're the one that tortured my wife for her uh, youthifying uh, capabilities. Yeah. yeah. Right. There, there's, there's going to be um, a reckoning for that at some point. We just, we just got to see him in total grief discovering the horribly tortured dead body of his of his wife and vowing to uh you know avenge her uh, upon those who did that to her and we don't know if daddy already knows that that's whitehall or and he's just playing him because he's useful or if daddy is eventually going to discover that he's whitehall and there's gonna be a moment of oh you (laughs) not unlike uh battlestar galactica when chief realized oh hey you killed my wife i'm gonna just snap Um your neck now yeah, exactly. I'm going to strangle you to death. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which was completely awesome. Yeah, yeah. Few, it was like, few... whoa, that was hardcore. Cheryl, damn. <laughs> yeah. We knew you were Don't a tortured spirit. <laughs> uh, so we'll see where the where the payoff for the mid-season finale, which I hate mid-season finales. I understand they need to stretch it over too long of a period of time. And, and there's, there's trade-offs because you know, we have finished all of New Doctor Who. And I'm like, okay, that was great, but I want more. Yeah, uh, at least end of this month we get the special. I don't know if the U.S. would benefit from that kind of a do short burst, 
shorter break, do a do something like a Christmas special, do like a two episode special in the middle of the break to keep people interested, um, which would give them another chance to do another cliffhanger, which they so love to do, and then just, just break up that. I don't know. It seems to work well for the BBC. A lot of their shows do that kind of thing. Hmm. I just yeah, heard. I think. I mean, especially with a property like Agents of Shield, where you have Disney Marvel behind it that has just obscene amount of money, you think they could do like kind of a Christmas special that would incorporate maybe some cameo appearances or some yeah. guest appearances oh, yeah. just for sure. one See, episode. That I mean, would be a damn good idea. Here's here's your momentary dose of everything you wanted to see. And they'll shell out the money for Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth or somebody right. big to show up for just a two-hour Christmas special. And then back to uh, business as usual when they return in whatever February. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, see, that could totally work. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Disney, and I know you're listening. This is what we want. Get on Make it, it so. Make it so. Uh, so do you guys get a chance to do any catching up on Arrow slash Flash? We're, well, I mean, we're only two episodes behind on arrow which is getting in i think it's we're right about the point of their crossover which means now we have to catch up on flash yeah. to to get to the point where the crossover makes some sort of sense so um, general impressions of flash so far I've, we've only watched one episode of okay. flash so arrow we're pretty caught up on though okay i'm exactly um, the opposite i'm more caught up on flash oh. just now <laughs> getting caught up on arrow so we should reach parody by next week perfect um so you give me your impressions of Arrow so far this season. Um, it's been good. I still think it holds a. Uh, it's it's keeping a, a a pretty high level of storytelling. Uh, I'm more. I really cannot stand Laurel. Like even more so this <laughs> you mean season. The future than I think Black it, Canary. Yeah, that whole storyline sucks. Thea's become more interesting now that she's kind of become the under the tutelage of John Barrowman. Right, she's investigating um, her darker side and yeah, becoming so yet another yet another member of the Queen extended family that is is getting trained up to be super killer. No one is not. Well, no have one that is ability. not trained up. Getting trained <laughs> up. Pretty much everyone in that show is getting trained up to be it's a super the, killer. Kind of the, seems to be the vortex that they suck everyone into. And here's your martial arts training over here. Exactly. Weapons right. training to the right. Um, and you know, ranged is uh, center center column. Yeah, just, just craziness. It seems to be a, a recurring theme: is everyone becomes as super as a mortal can be. So they've taken a page out of the, the Batman, and pretty said, much. You know, and, but they even went down. I mean, Arsenal came out of the what was the serum again? Mirakuru. Mirakuru. Mirakuru was the you know basically the super soldier serum of this universe, and. Got let let them do some genuine superhuman type people. Yeah, uh, but they generally seem to shy away from that, which is one of the things I like about Arrow is it's it's a little more grounded while still being comic booky. Well, and they have to. I think that, you know it's kind of it, it. They're mirroring, like you mentioned, with Batman because mm-hmm. he he's a more grounded superhero. He has incredible training, but he's still just a dude. And so having him dealing with like the Murakuru last season was great because these guys were so much more powerful than him. Right. It really beat him down. Um, they definitely treat him like a, a character from uh, the Dresden, uh, Dresden Files, Files or you know, <laughs> yeah. anything beat down, that Butcher beat down, writes. Beat down, beat down, Basically, rally. that, yeah. 
that's the mantra of the show is beat him down. Yeah. Um, and this season they've not been beating him quite as much. It's been more, I think, in his head beat down yeah. because he's had. Uh, it's all my fault. Well, he, no, but he's had conflict like with. You know, he's like, oh, Felicity, I kind of want to, you know, get with you because we're really on the same page. But comes to the realization that anybody's with is probably going to become a target and Spider-Man uh, syndrome b- breaks that off. The The addition of Brandon Roth, though, mm-hmm. he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, He's been a really fun character because you're not really sure if he's bad or good or and just cocky or is he really like sinister but he's he's been a really interesting mix and he's always he brings a lot of kind of like frantic energy when he's on on this and that's actually one of the things i've kind of i've kind of been like now the story's been good but there is some things that bug me i too don't care for laurel all that much but like felicity she has this job that she gets paid for and she's never there and the boss is just like all right i'm sick (laughs) okay go home feel better I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know he's a little quirky, but... It could be a tell that he knows more than he's letting on. Yeah. We'll see sure. later in the season. He's still a blank check. They don't. They haven't really indicated where they're going with him yet. And they haven't really introduced a big bad yet this season either. Or they have, they... and we don't know that, that they have. Right, right. But there hasn't been anything overarching yet that is to say, oh, this is a problem. They've kind of touched on the... The agency that John's wife works for. Right. Um, I forget their name. Uh, they've done the flashbacks this year have been taking place uh, not on the island, but in Hong Kong. Right, his and, first step off the island. Right. And you're seeing Oliver get some training there uh, through the agency that John's works for uh, via uh, kind of Japanese surrogate people right. <laughs> that are kind of forced into taking care of them and, and teaching them some stuff. Uh, so that's been good. I think Arsenal's development's been okay. I think the conflict with Roy was pretty good. Yeah. He's been pretty good, too. Yeah. I like that. He's a lot so, less annoying than he was. He's, he's certainly less whiny. Right, yes, right. exactly. That's good. And and Diggle having to balance the baby and, and you know, t- assisting with heroic activities has been well done. It could And be, that is rare. Usually yeah. introducing family challenges and child is to me is a just takes a character to annoying places right Mm -hmm. and they've kind of done it right which i gotta give them great props for that because that's not easy to do as a writer and not have it just be burdensome to the storyline well and i think a big piece of it is normally when they do that they set it up so that the parents are in conflict one is not about doing superhero or heroic stuff and one is yeah and that's where the conflict comes and in this case they're both on this like she's sending him out to go do heroic Uh, stuff or she's going out or she goes out and does so they kind of balance it better than the and what i you find is an annoying trope in most other cases right? what their their conflict is basically trying to get a babysitter while one's right. doing the super spy thing and the other one's doing the superhero thing right. so it works so i'll get caught up on that um flash is in its infancy so it's, it's yeah. much more popcorny um, much much more monster of the week right now with laying the groundwork of the big mystery of who is the doctor really? He's right. Clearly, either, either a time traveler or has access to future time streams. And they, they salt usually the end of each episode with him doing something clearly evil, all, all to protect Barry Allen. Uh, Barry Allen has a destiny. Um, and the actor is doing a great job of doing the evil, mysterious grin at the camera while he does something 
uh, nonsensical that we apparently will make sense of later. Um, they've set up the love triangle between his um, kind of, sort of, you know, never really adopted, but you know, grew up alongside right. sister-ish person and dad's partner. They're an item, and Barry is pining, pining after her. Uh, they've had the the couple of episodes where they've had Felicity crossover, and Barry and her clearly have chemistry. Um, and they've, so there's been hints and, and attempts at forming a, a romance there. And the end of that was basically they both looked at each other and realized that each of them wanted to be with someone else. Someone else. Yeah. Yep. So they just commiserated about, doesn't this suck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really does suck. Um, and, but neither of us wants to settle, even even though we clearly have chemistry we're too alike and we're looking for the opposites attract thing in our lives and right um so yeah she's had her a little bit of crossover um much bigger rogues galleries of metahumans and and superhumans because that's the whole macguffin of this series is many people were created with superpowers the the night that the flash was created um Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Well, and I mean, the Flash himself is, is on kind of a different level. Right. He's he actually is. He's like B team for like Justice League. He'd be like just a notch below the big ones of like Superman and, and Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman and Batman. And, and, and yeah, they, I mean, in the in history terms of, the, of power of the DC universe, they've given him you know a pretty massive power set with the eventual ability to phase between dimensions and travel in time. Right, right. That's pretty major. In fact, he's, he, in, in one, of the, one of the many Crisis series, he saved the entire multiverse. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's definitely on that top tier when he, when he wants to be. Right, um, right. In this incarnation, he's just a kid with, with superpowers. And sure, still sure. And he's being gently manipulated by uh, his benefactor slash uh, evil overlord. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see where they're going. His entourage... Little bit annoying, uh, Cisco, the guy who's yeah, oh yeah, he's in there simply so they can have an excuse to use the classic names from the comic book series, right? So Weather Wizard and um, oh, who else? He 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 drops the classic name of the supervillain every time, dressed up as the oh, I got to name everybody quirky kind of guy. Like whatever. Oh um, God, yeah. They've got the uh, female scientist whose name I am yeah. forgetting, who was a fiance to one half of Firestorm. Oh, so okay. we're yeah, you got to check those names when they drop them. Ah, uh, nice. And he just vanished the night of the super right. glider accident. So we're expecting him to turn up melded with somebody else. Yeah, as the duo that is Firestorm at some point, um, just because. Why would they go to all the trouble of naming him that and That's... having him mysteriously disappear instead of being yeah. killed outright? I mean, I wonder what they're going to – because Firestorm's another one like, wow, in terms of power level. He gets there. Early yeah. iterations of Firestorm was the older sage professor you know, in the head of the young punk. Right, right. Who's actually controlling the body um, and hadn't really realized their full potential. Yeah. So I'm assuming you know we'll we'll meet them as they're working out what the hell is going on with them that they're two people in one body, yeah. and we also have actually have this nuclear uh, fission power that's kind of neat. Um, and I can make anything. <laughs> that came much later, but yes, I know, I know. Um, so, 
Yeah, that was. Uh, so we'll see where they're where they're headed with that. So lots of fan service in this. Um, even the little so like like the particular coffee shop they go to is a classic coffee shop name that was made up for the DC universe. Um, Star City is or not Star City, um, Central City is a mishmash of two different Flash cities from two different generations: so a, 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 a Woody era and a uh, Barry era, smashed together into one. It's entertaining, and it's clearly going somewhere. I'm, I'm a little worried that once they solve the mystery of his benefactor, evil overlord, where they'll take it then. Um, but they keep me tuning in, so get caught up. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, yeah, we'll definitely work on that this week. I'll, I'll do the arrow yeah. thing and, and get get my dark and gritty on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we had mm-hmm. one of many. Uh, this is the Game Awards. Yeah. Yes. Not to fool themselves at all. These are the Game Awards. The Video Game Awards. Awards. Damn it. Look no further than here. Hound. <laughs> uh, some of my favorites uh, from the ones that they've announced of winners. They, these guys keep turning up, and they do great work in the weirdest places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys behind South Park, and this is South Park, the Stick of Truth, which all, I have not played, but all reports are was amazingly fun to play, even if it wasn't. A South Park game, so they made right. it made it a solid game, and then added all the comedy and fun and voice acting that makes it epic. And yeah. they won best performance. Trey Parker as various mm-hmm. voices in South Park: The Stick of Truth. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, he does pretty much between the both of them. They do every voice there almost, right? Oh God, yes. No, they they have a very small cadre of people that do the voices. It's kind of same thing like with, with Family Guy when you see uh, Seth doing just the switching through voices and you see it coming out of a human's mouth. It's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> uh, we have best soundtrack from Destiny. And I have not, have not played that, but you guys have for a while. Was it uh, all that in a bag of chips? Oh, yeah. I mean, Halo's, the Halo series has always been, their music's been fantastic. And, this, right and this continued, though, apparently Bungie and the, the, the composer that, did a lot of that music had some sort of falling out yes. after this. Yeah. Um, but the music in Destiny is fantastic. It's hmm. great. It's it's one of the big highlights of the game for for sure. Yeah. Um, not surprising at all. Best mobile was the Hearthstone port for Heroes Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. easily. Uh, fantastic. A, a juggernaut, and but it was a beautiful port of a game, and it could have sucked. Um, you know the, the control interface could have been clunky. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's it's just you barely need to learn anything to transition to it from the uh, desktop version, which I think is uh, a high high praise for that kind of a game. Yeah, I mean, I you know I, I I go back and forth on some of the stuff Blizzard does, but they never release a game that doesn't work. work. In, in the way they intend it to work. Yep. Whether or not you agree with the intention, that's a different story. But the main thing is the interface is always clean. The controls are always very responsive. And yep. they continue that even into the mobile market. Best fighting game went to Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. That one I have played and can, can report hours of unending uh, multiplayer party fun. Uh, s- Stupid combo moves out your ears and just a button masher for, for all the ages. Sure. One that kind of surprised me, they named Nintendo Developer of the Year. Yeah, that was interesting. Well, I mean, I guess... When you but look it, at it... I, I would agree with it because mainly the the content. Like, if you look at 
actual new games to come right. out from a developer. Nintendo put way more quality out than Microsoft or Sony. They were consistently among the highest rated. And yeah, especially if you consider the mobile market as well. Because they guess, had yeah, the new Pokemon yes, game. Um, yeah, uh, if you could, I uh, think Legend a lot of Zelda that... came out there. I mean, mm-hmm. they they redid Wind Walker. Um, There's a lot. So. You're right. I was thinking just uh, just the Wii U. The... You, you think Wii U? It's right. like oh, that didn't yeah, perform yeah. too well. But the but, DS has amazing games. But the, and, yeah. the games they put out. I mean, same thing. Like you know, Microsoft and Sony. You think Microsoft's major releases were like. I don't. Even, I can't even think, like Forza, like yeah. driving game, and, and the Master Chief Collection <laughs> of Halo, so, which is basically just a repack that that yeah, ho- yeah horribly failed at launch because they had all kinds of bugs they hadn't resolved. Yeah, good. Enjoy it. Nintendo. Yeah, enjoy. Way to go. <laughs> um, so, and to, just to follow that, best, best sports and racing game, Mario Kart Eight, entertaining party game for the yeah. end for all ages. Uh, best shooter, Far Cry Four. Um, Best narrative, which is one I've not heard of, Valiant Hearts, The Great I know. War. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, it's, oh, I think that's a turn-based um, game. <laughs> that's about all I it's know about, about it. It's a turn-based game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On somebody's radar. Uh, uh. Best indie game, one of the best named games ever, Shovel Knight. Yeah. Oh, Shovel Knight is funny. It's a good game. Uh, game of the Year, Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, all all reports are for if you want to get your RPG on, then Inquisition is the game for you. Uh, yeah, it's sexual innu- innuendo and sexism notwithstanding. Yeah, there's no real sexism I've run into, but there's a lot of sexual innuendo oh, for yes. sure because basically they've made it so you could hook up with anyone you talk to. Every it's kind of like Fable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't discriminate. Action right. Adventure went to Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, another one I've heard heard tons and tons of. Uh, oh, yeah. That fantastic. game is awesome. Yeah. I can't um, say. I haven't even played it, and I've only watched people play it, and that game is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's many. This was, uh, this report summary we got was from Polygon.com, where they had a shot of the lovely Weta-designed uh, trophy that they were giving out. Yeah, well, and I gotta say, one of the categories though, which is interesting, is best online experience went to Destiny, which for a game that continues to this day to have bugs that drop you either to orbit or kick you out of different events. I mean, when it launched, entire universities couldn't get on. I don't see That's that here. Where is weird? That? It's. I mean, when it works, yeah, it's it's a very fun experience. But best, I don't know about best. I don't even see that on this page. Where is that? Oh, it's the f- third one down from the top. One, two, right after oh, best soundtrack, best online experience. Interesting. Yeah, I think they're so probably funny. praising them for for bringing anything approaching MMO ish things to consoles. Probably. Sure, they're probably giving them a pat on the head for trying. Like, well, nobody else even tried, so here you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Winner and only competitor, Destiny. Right. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Tough to... And then old friend of the network, Total Biscuit, got the award for Trending Gamer. Yeah, yeah. fan's choice. How, That's awesome. Oh, Very cool. It's under the, under the uh, fan love section. Best fan creation, Twitch Plays Pokemon. That was awesome. Did you yeah. see Twitch Plays Pokemon when it was happening? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of those things that you, until you saw it, you just like... Who even we talked about it yeah, on the show. It I was remember. great. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> just the fact that someone came up with it was awesome. 
Well, I know they kept they. I mean, last I heard, they'd beaten like Red and Blue, yeah, and they've no, they like, moved on to like harder games. <laughs> yep. Hours of entertainment. So good all on right. you, all you uh, competitors in in that one of many award programs that we will see as the year comes to an end. Right. Uh, something we touched on, I think, show before last. Um, Indiegogo is now officially testing optional insurance fees for crowdfunded products. Yeah. For when people bag out or do not deliver for whatever reason, uh, an ability to charge a little bit extra to the creator um, or or indeed to all the people who are backing, take a percentage and set it aside as a um, fund to pay at least some of the backers' percentage back if a Kickstarter or if an Indiegogo fails to deliver. So if you fund them, they take the money, they go off, and then they deliver absolutely nothing, this insurance system would give you some amount of money back. Interesting idea. The, we, and we may have arrived at the point where this crowdfunding is mature enough and we've had enough horror stories of uh, high-profile stuff just not happening and the money just vanishing that uh, it may be time, time may be right for this to uh, become the norm. Yeah. I think they're going to have to do something. I mean, especially with Indiegogo, because there's been more. At least I've I've seen more stories of projects becoming vaporware on there mm-hmm. than I've seen like on Kickstarter. They're, they're um, more accepting of stuff than Kickstarter's. Kickstarter, you right. know, has some pretty hard guidelines that Indiegogo lacks. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Uh, concept if it's able to be pulled off there just needs to be more detail like are right. we paying into a fund and then you get everybody gets their money back and basically well, indiegogo is is acting like an insurance company and right. saying you pay into this but we'll pay everyone back uh well, if the, this project the, the, the fails for, in, the, for instance is um that they put on here is perk insurance so it would be an additional 15 dollars on top of whatever right. you're pledging Get your money back. So this is a total refund if you don't receive your item within three months after the estimated delivery date. And the star indicates insurance is provided by Indiegogo. So it looks like they're doing it themselves. They're not farming ah, okay. it out to and not someone else. Yep. So that's interesting. It's all a matter of you know what what is your confidence level. And so if you were say backing something in a big way, so if you were doing like the thousand dollar tier, yeah, it'd be totally worth fifteen bucks to get that thousand back if the guy didn't deliver. Well, yeah. I mean, right now, though, it's only a test case, though, on one. And I guess there's like a funding of one hundred and twenty nine dollar is the backing price on it. So it'll be interesting if they roll it out. Will it become a percentage of what you fund is what your insurance rate then is? I would imagine that it probably wouldn't be flat. Okay. Well, we'll see. Just because I wouldn't pay fifteen bucks to get like a hundred bucks back, but I definitely pay fifteen bucks to get a thousand bucks. Sure. So we'll see. Um, it's, It's. I think it's just a sign that that crowdfunding is maturing that we're yeah. we're seeing that kind of thing even happening at all oh yeah uh also from polygon.com playstation experience 2014 all the news all the trailers right here so sony's giving it another go to try and drum up interest in their online experience the previous iterations on playstation 3 were very meh yeah, um, you you could do your second life style wander around their, you know, shopping mall type stuff, and was never well terribly compelling. Um, well, actually, I mean this this is their actual con that they're having oh. in, in uh, Vegas. I misinterpreted so, entirely. 
this is their first uh, inaugural PlayStation experience is happening in Vegas right now. They had keynote. It's basically them drumming up a lot of interest in their and kind of laying out what their plans are. Their um, BlizzCon, basically. Yeah, I mean, some of their their big announcements. Uh, a remastered Final Fantasy VII is coming to the PlayStation uh, Four which Square has adamantly not done for a long, long time. So it's, I mean, a lot a lot of people, that's kind of their favorite, or at least their introduction to Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy VII because it was such a seminal title on the original PlayStation. Right. Um, Don't mess with history. A big, uh, uh, you know, for us older gamers was mm-hmm. that they're actually going to have a remastered Day of the Tentacle, coming to PlayStation. So if you ever played uh, the old LucasArts games on the computer, that's kind of exciting. No. Uh, <laughs> I have a problem with tentacle-themed games. Come on. Come on. Those are great. Purple was it Mis- Mystery Mansion? Or what was oh, the first game? God. I don't remember. Mansion, Man- something Mansion. Yeah. Um, you're on the right track. I, I, I remember... Mm. Uh, damn, that's going to drive Lucas, me off. Lucas, LucasArts had a bunch of quirky fun. The, the, yeah. Um, what was it? Grim Fandango was in there. Um, Monkey Island series was theirs. There's one more I'm drawing. Uh, I can picture it in my head, but I can't think of the title. But they were all they were all very unique, character driven. Um, Day of the Tentacle in particular. Uh, Maniac <laughs> Mansion. Thank that's you. What it was called. Yeah, out of your mind. Uh, one of the yeah. fun things that they uh, have announced is the pre-order page for the yes. PlayStation Four 20th Anniversary Edition. It's basically a PS4 done up in the colors and some of the styling of the original PlayStation. So it's all yeah. a, a light gray, um, same same case shape. As, you know, they, they didn't repackage it into a different shape. They, they went just with the classic PlayStation color scheme on it. Yeah. Uh, so for your, but it looks cool. It looks awesome. It's it's yeah. I mean, if I was to buy a PlayStation Four, I'd probably want to buy that, that one. That one, just yeah, it looks absolutely. Cool. I don't know if I need their camera, but uh, the actual design is awesome. Yeah, they're bundling in their Kinect one, right? Uh, which is a step up and improvement over the old PlayStation Eye and the old PlayStation yeah. Camera um, with the stereoscopic vision camera and the infrared sensing. It's basically a direct connect uh, ripoff. Right. Um, and- um, some of their other big ones, Street Fighter V has been announced as an exclusive to the PS4 and, and PC. Uh, and it's going to actually, they're saying it's going to have cross-platform play, which mm, is kind of nifty. not very common at all. No. And Shovel Knight, it's going uh, yeah, to launch Knight's with the God of War cameo. So. Yeah, Kratos will be in your Shovel Knight game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that does because for you, but reasons. whatever. Some people apparently, yeah. they might do some stuff for them. So, uh, Killing Floor 2 is also going to the PS4, which Thanks. is, uh, Killing Floor is a kind of throw away, like, just shoot a ton of zombie games on the computer. Uh, Aridan had picked it up and played it for a a decent while, so it's not a bad addition. Again, just really announcing, I mean, Uncharted 4, duh. Uh, They're making another God of War game, duh. (laughs) Shocking. Yeah. So a lot of announcements of games that were exclusive to them already. Persona, um, Yakuza 5 is coming to they PlayStation 3. More, more it's demos like, yeah. of, of No Man's Sky. 
Right. There was another item here where they were touting the procedurally generated. It was a, a dungeon crawler type one. Uh, which one was that? I'm not Uncharted. Uh, Bloodborne. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bloodborne looks into it, it. I'm not sure if it's more in like the Dark Souls mold, right. but with uh, procedural generated. Procedural uh, just in the multiplayer dungeon area. So oh, okay, it'll be gotcha. Different every time, um, a la Asheron's Call, a la No Man's Sky, where it's been gotcha. here's the rule set, and Diablo three generates their dungeons the same way. So here's your tile set, yeah, sure, and run the algorithm. And, oh, look, here's a completely unique one, and go. Right, right. So they're not doing the full. The entire universe is procedurally generated, like No Man's Sky. They're just saying, here, the multiplayer arena will be different every time, so you can't just learn it and become a master of it and, you know, pwn noobs until until the cows come home. Well, I mean, it is by From Software, so the chances are it's going to be very uh, Dark Souls-ish, Demon Souls-ish, since they make the other games, too. (laughs) So, Apple uh, tree not falling far from. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like those haven't been successful, so no no reason to doubt it. And TechCrunch brings us a preview video of the desktop edition of Cortana, which, if you don't know, is Microsoft's riff on the Siri uh, personal assistant idea. Um, And they've taken the Cortana character out of the Halo series and made her the interface point, and they're they're demoing the integration into Windows 10 that they're going to put. Yeah, and it's very... uh, It's super... Alpha at oh, this God, point. A um, lot of, you know, the, the commentator who, if you watch the video, talks a lot about the fact that it's not connected to the same database that uh, Cortana on your phone is connected to. So some of the features aren't there yet. Um, but he gives you a basic overview of it. You know, it does all the things you'd be used to having a voice assistant uh, help you with scheduling things on your calendar making Skype calls, uh, setting reminders, those type of things. Uh, you know, I must just not be doing it right, but I, Siri doesn't do much for me. Like, every time I ask her to do something, it's like she purposefully does the opposite of what I want her to do. I She's trying to kill you. She is trying to kill me. <laughs> Skynet, okay? Need I say more? Right. Um, <laughs> I think it's not for our generation, because I have the same kind of mental block. of I've, there, Apparently, there's tons of Google Now voice features on my Nexus phone, and mm-hmm. I, I can never be bothered to take the time to, f- to find out how to use them. It well, I can tell you me. the only time I use Siri, Siri or a voice assistant, I mean, anything would work for this, is when I'm in the car and it's paired to my Bluetooth, my Bluetooth and I need to make a call and I'm driving. Right. I just hold the button down and say, call so-and-so, and it does it. And maybe once in a blue moon, I'll ask it for, you know, is where's the closest location that i'm trying to get to but that's about it and when i'm not in my car almost never do i use it yeah uh but watching this video and kind of thinking ahead having that of functionality on a desktop is more compelling to me than it is on my phone or like on the xbox because I can see myself being in the middle of doing one thing on my computer, especially if I think about it from more of a work standpoint. And like if I'm, you know, working in SQL or working on a spreadsheet or whatever I'm doing, and then I need to see, have it bring up my calendar, it's kind of interesting for me to not have to then try to leave that 
app, click around and get to my other app to be able to just talk to it and say, hey, what do I have coming up? Have it pop up the calendar or mm-hmm. do things like that for me and allow me to multitask with my voice is much more compelling. Hmm. What I like about this is the fact that they're not making a new version. They're having putting a front end for the existing system and taking that another stab at making it completely consistent across telephone, tablet, desktop. Yeah. And that, that is a laudable goal to go for. Um, and with Windows 10, Microsoft claims that it will literally be the exact same operating system from the phone to the tablet to the desktop. Not a shaved down version, just basically different, a slightly different com- compiled and installed version based on the hardware you're running it on, but it'll be the same damn OS. So you learn how to do these things one time, and those skills translate across all the platforms. And making Cortana work exactly the same on the desktop as they do on the portable devices makes complete sense. And I wish them great luck, because it'd be awesome if we just had a single user experience we had to learn one time, and then whatever we happened to be standing in front of when we want to get something done, you have to remember, oh yeah, on my Android phone, it's over here under this name. It's just press button, talk to Cortana, get it done. Yeah. We'll see if they pull it off. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see if the, if the rule stands true, which is every other release of Windows is decent, um, and also just if they pull off this one OS to rule them all uh, goal that they've taken on, which is no small undertaking. We'll see. Uh, we're going to take our, our mid-season break. <laughs> what? Nothing. I just work here. Uh, Let's see. It being officially December and all. um, I should put a Christmas-ish song in here from uh, John and the Colton. simply called Christmas is Interesting. Uh, You are listening to Casually Harker live on alphageekradio.com. When we return, Deadpool, baby. That Mm. and uh, Bandersnake. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. You have put on your feety pajamas. It's time for a long winter's nap. There's a knock on the door and a stranger is there He wants you to sit on his lap He takes your watch and he gives you a hairbrush Your wife gets a wig on a chain He says he can't stay Cause he's got a long way to go And it's starting to rain Christmas is interesting like a knife in your heart Christmas is interesting How it tears you apart Christmas is interesting Like a stick in your Dentist, maybe you're a train with square 
you know how Jesus feels. He is riding a sleigh he calls Rosebud. His mansion is lonely and cold. He can't remember a pleasant December when he wasn't tired and Jimmy Stewart You once had a wonderful life Then you lost all your money You cracked up your car You yelled at your favorite wife You go to bed And you wait for Jacob Marley He comes to make you feel brave But under his cloak He is nothing but smoke And a finger that points at your grave Christmas is interesting like a knife in your heart Christmas is interesting how tears you apart Christmas is interesting like a stick in your This is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues on alphageekradio.com, as mentioned many, many times during this show. So, the storied saga that is Elder Scrolls Online has yet another speed bump on it. It has not been, yeah. has not been a pleasant ex- existence for this, or not, not the predicted second coming that uh, ESO was supposed to be. Well, it was supposed to be the second coming, and its big thing was we're going to be on the new generation of consoles, and yep. it was actually, I mean, it was supposed to be not quite a release title, but not too far off. Yeah. And they've now said sometime in 2015 is when it's coming out. Real soon Um, now. Right. And this goes hand in hand with the PC version of it floundering some as well uh, because they still run a subscription model and have not, uh, you know, kept a a high level of uh, subscribers. Yeah, subscribers base. See, this mm. looks to me like they, if they had been able to, at launch, fire off the PC version, you know, do the Final Fantasy fourteen, or which one was the first one that had uh, the cross-platform PS2 yeah, and PC. I don't remember. <laughs> the, the dream of the console people and the... Um, PC people, MMO-wise, you know, dwelling on the same servers and all one big, fat, happy game. 
which was the idea here, but they didn't launch it together, which I think would have been the powerhouse that could would have made this an event in gaming mm-hmm. history of it's Elder Scrolls, which has huge amount of uh, popularity associated with it. And if they had been able to pull off launch day, here's your PC version, here's your Xbox version, here's your PlayStation, Nintendo, thank you very much, you're on your own. And everybody play together on, you know, commingled servers. It could have been amazing and yeah. a, a landmark event. And instead it's been the, here's the PC version with all kinds of issues. Oh, and by the way, there's, there's no real end game and it's... Um, kind of fantastically boring to play it's nowhere near as entertaining as you know the last standalone game was sure it's just m- more of the end game of that without a lot of uh compelling story you know you're not, you're not developing your character it didn't the, all the reports are that it was not nearly as epic you weren't nearly as invested in your in your tune yeah as you were with- well it's hard to take uh, a standalone like skyrim where uh-huh. you are the reborn you I'm know slayer of dragons <laughs> yeah because you're definitely not going to be that in an mmo yeah <laughs> You're the reborn along with hundreds of other right. reborn <laughs> Slayer of Dragons. <laughs> but, I mean, there's apparently – and it was one of those things that uh, apparently it has a good later game, maybe not end game, but like the beginning of it was very standard mm-hmm. MMO. But around level 20 from what I read is where it got good. Right. And then it kind of fell off again when it hit end game. Um some fundamental issues, and this is months ago, so maybe they and hopefully they've corrected some of this. Some issues with trade scaling. Um, apparently, the character creation, the the ability to mix and match your armors and your skills to make the character you want to play was pretty powerful. Um, Dex and I played a PvP uh-huh. uh, version of it at PAX this and year. That was freaking fun, yeah. and I hate mm-hmm. PvP. Yeah. Which, Hate it. So it was kind of crazy. I mean, and I wouldn't get so, off the computer. Yeah, she was having a blast <laughs> playing it, and because we, we were just wrecking these fools. Um, <laughs> so I mean, and it was really sad because the art style is gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. It's it, it, from a MMO perspective, it's one of the best looking games and really attractive. Like you know, we've talked about like WildStar. Like WildStar, I, it really needed solid mechanics to get me interested in it because I didn't like the art. Whereas this one, they may not have the mechanics, but at least they at least the it's art- visual. Gorgeous, uh, impressive to look at, and it's really sad because it's one of those ones where the the thought of being able to play this with Daxa upstairs on a couch, me downstairs on a couch, was pretty appealing. It was definitely, and like I said, I'm not a big PvP fan, but I had a blast, and because not a lot of people were actually sitting down at this game playing it, I got to stay there for a long time, longer than I probably should have, in a good way. In yeah. a good way. Yeah. It was fun. And it when we talked fun. to them there, we're like, oh, so what's the release date for the consoles? Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's really soon. Well, well soon, apparently no. not really no, soon. Not so soon. <laughs> in, in their defense, in this Polygon article, yeah. uh, they quote, uh, it's also important to note that the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of ESO are not just ports of the PC and Mac game. We have completely replaced the PC user interface with a console-specific UI designed from the ground up with a controller and living room play experience in mind. We've also added voice chat and full integration with Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. So it sounds like they're trying to do it right, where they fully support the native online service of the platform and the controller of that console. Yeah. So if that's the reason for the delay, it's a damn good reason. Where they're not trying to do a quick and dirty, lousy port. 
Blizzard took a same long period of time to port Diablo 3 over to sure. consoles, and all reports are that people who have played the console game, or played the PC game, started over on the console because it was so fun and, and, and compelling in its own way. So in the long yeah. run, it may be the right reasons. It just may be a matter of, great, it's finally out, it's awesome, but not a lot of people are going to know that it's awesome because they've missed their window. Well, not only that, is it so they're still sticking with the monthly... Well, I think that's what also is probably mixed in is if they're looking and saying, well, really at this point we should probably move to maybe a free-to-play model, but how do you then incorporate that on the console version? Mm-hmm. Well, they get into the online stores and do that well, they could, they could have microtransactions right. out the yin-yang and then succeed sure. wonderfully. Yeah, because, I mean, like uh, Warframe has been very successful on the consoles, uh, and that's a total free-to-play with microtransactions if you want to take it. Um, and, I mean, I have it downloaded. It's it's still a blast to play. Uh, hmm. So it's it can be done, but I think they have some fundamental things they need to fix on the PC version or at least have updated so that when it releases on the console, you're not running into the exact same problems that are driving people away from it um but you know as a huge elder scroll fan i would love to play this if i have people you know play with otherwise give me uh, elder scroll six <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> i i'm i'm an okay elder scrolls fan i've watched girl play it quite a bit but i had a blast playing it now would i pay a monthly fee just to play that pvp portion probably no. not but if it was free to play and yeah I I would definitely pick it up for that. Or just a one-time cost. A one-time yeah. cost. Yeah, like, you know, 50 bucks for yeah, the like game, 60 bucks for the game. game, whatever. I need to find here. Our link was, Linky was broken. Uh-huh. Um, again, from Polygon. Huh, looks like their site is broken. Link from their own site is broken. But I can at least read the um, intro bit. It has been officially <laughs> announced that their the little tactic of... Air quotes leaking the Deadpool test footage onto the internet has successfully uh, gotten interest back up, and Ryan Reynolds is in fact signed on to. I guess you can call it technically he's reprising his role yes. yeah. as Deadpool. God, yes. Ugh. <laughs> sort of. I hope to God that they don't have this be an actual follow-on to Ugh. X-Men Origins right. Wolverine. I don't know how the hell they would pull that off. Um, an <laughs> opening, an opening just, scene like, wakes just... up, he goes, well, that was a weird dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then just goes into the Deadpool character. <laughs> yeah, just kind of gets a, a scalpel, you know, cuts cuts the uh, sutures off his mouth and says, damn. Yeah, uh, or just, you know, like, just goes, wow, that, that'd be kind of weird if that was the way it went down. But yeah. let me tell you how it actually went down. Right. <laughs> Um, and, and actually, within the framework of the tongue-in-cheek uh, yeah. world that is Deadpool, they might be able to pull that off. Right. Possibly, you may yeah. have heard stories that I have swords uh, you know, built into my arms. What kind of an idiot puts swords in swords their arms? arms. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never go full. Uh. Yeah, never, never go full Deadpool. Um, Which... Brings us back though to our uh, you know story we had a few months or a couple months ago. Uh, again, I'm a little leery with the PG-13 rating that they appear we'll to be going. S- we'll for. see where that actually lands. lands. Um, yeah, because it's 
I mean, the test footage had you know no shortage of gore and 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 gunplay and car wrecks and f bombs, f bombs, because <clears throat> it's Deadpool, um, right? Exactly. But it, it had that glorious Deadpool snark. Yes, yeah. it did. And the over the top, you know, as the as the vehicle is rolling, he's pointing to the little cartoon he's drawn of what he's going to do to the guy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> those you know. Breaking the fourth wall out of completely out of reality moments of stupidity that and awesomeness that could make this you know, the funniest superhero movie, you know, air quotes superhero. Um, right, right. So I'm I'm in the same place I find myself in with a lot of these early developments. You know, same reaction I had when I heard Guardians of the Galaxy. Really, right. mm-hmm. it has since delivered in a big way. Um. So I am, you know, this I this con's dubious to me. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. But, but they did do a, it was a good first step to have Ryan yes, Reynolds. Absolutely, you know, cuz he he, you know, and it was probably a big deal to get him cuz they look at his superhero heritage on the big screen of the holy crap that was supposed to be Deadpool and mm. the yawntastic Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Um, you know, some some hardcore uh, lobbying in his favor had to have happened behind the scenes. You know, honestly, if you give him good material, he'll be great in this role. Um, we'll see. So great! I'm glad to see yet another genre film. You know, another chance for Hollywood to deliver unto uh, the nerd community what we desire. Um, yeah, I hope they don't bomb on this one because there's. I think there's a deep mine of fun and goodness to be um, dug in in Deadpool in general. Oh, absolutely! So, you know, there, there could be you know easily a trilogy of awesome stupidity. If, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I just I really hope they don't go in the mindset that we we want this to be our new franchise, um, because I think that's where some of these fall off. Green Lantern's a perfect example where they just came in and said, we're going to do a by-the-numbers origin superhero movie because we want to make more of these. And instead it was like this was really kind of crappy. <laughs> well, see, and it really it makes me cringe when I read in the article here that Reynolds first donned the Deadpool mask in X-Men Origins Wolverine. No, no. he didn't! <laughs> yeah, he did. There was no mask. <laughs> right. There was no Deadpool. I had to be told after I watched the film that that was Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Gah! Um. So scheduled to hit theaters February twelfth, twenty sixteen. It is a Fox gig, um, because he's you know, was part of the whole X Men deal. Uh, so that that slice of the Marvel universe is is what he is part of. So I'm interested to see what. Fox does with the Fantastic Four reboot. Uh, not that I'm that interested in the Fantastic Four to begin with. No, but uh, you know, if anything, I at least give Fox credit for what they've done with the the re the first class group of X. Oh yeah, like I think they kind of yes. realized. I think we know how to tell these stories in a way that are really compelling. And you look at uh, Sony and what they've done with Spider-Man, you go, you guys still haven't gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. They went, yeah, the, 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 (laughs) 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 what do you really feel? Fox is at least showing 
some of the patients that Disney Marvel showed. So they created, let's say, let's, let's go back to the well, first class, let's do the young origin story of the X-Men as a team. Got the right actors, got the right writers. Right. Brought in, um, what's his name? Original X-Men um, director, writer. Uh, oh, uh, Singer. Singer. Brought him in as a consultant. It was, and they wanted him as director. And when you watch the behind the scenes videos, he had other commitments he couldn't get out of. But he did work closely with who they did have direct. Yeah. And first class turned out really well. They retconned a bunch of stuff, but I was willing to buy into it. So things like um, Emma Frost already having her secondary mutation. Um, and some, Emma Frost was my least favorite character anyway, so I could just ignore her whole character and be yeah. cool with it. She she had a few important things to do, but they. She had all the disgusting glamour and none of the huge intellect. She, and she had no acting skills. Right. There Emma, was that, too. I love yeah. Emma Frost in the comics when she is oh, yeah. well-written mm-hmm. because she is very self-aware and extremely intelligent. Very smart. And very much on top of her game, but also knows how to use her other assets. Um, to her advantage. Yeah. So she's a full well, package deal when she's being a villainous or when she's being um, a champion of the good guys. Yeah. Semi-good guys. But I, I, you never I think also the big achievement of First Class was it was an X-Men movie, number one, that didn't feature Wolverine. Right. Right. Thank except God. for a teeny, teeny an, an cameo. awesome cameo. <laughs> awesome cameo. Very good Perfectly cameo. done. And realistically, didn't feature hardly anybody you even knew of. Right. As some some holy holy created characters, yeah, holy created characters, and Beast being the one that you may have seen in uh, the Last Stand. Yep. The the big things they did, like you said, the casting. They said we need to nail Xavier and we need to nail uh, Eric. Eric. Yep. And mm-hmm. they did. I mean, they absolutely did. Michael Fassbender was just you know monstrous yeah. choice uh, uh, as well as the and the guy James McAvoy, James McAvoy uh, as and, a, a young cockyish Xavier and Kevin goddamn Bacon as Sebastian. and Kevin yeah, Bacon, well, Kevin Bacon yeah threw down a uh, interesting uh, telling of Sebastian's yes song. it was Shaw. a total retcon but it was yeah. a an interesting new, oh yeah an real scary new, bad guy. new character who happened to be named Sebastian Shaw yeah yeah uh, so I think they did a good job and then they carried it into Days of Future Past um, and really showed they could do a very big ensemble right. story that could be really confusing and yeah. I think they told it in a way that it made sense and you know anybody that have quips with it are more on the sm- the micro level, like well, very like technical, like whether or not Mag- why Magneto- does why does Kitty have this power suddenly? Yeah, why can Magneto control robots by just manipulating metal? Right, that type of stuff. Is, right. so, is he suddenly an engineer and a programmer? And, yeah, yeah, exactly. But nobody really said all oh, the time travel is completely bogus. They've created paradoxes, or the the well, story just gets lost. And or the actors were horrible. Sense. Even the the mini superheroes i guess is what i would call them the ones you don't know very well yeah, right. even they were amazing the oh, actors Blink that played them were really great yeah blink and were path path were good. yeah there Warpath. was the one time where i looked at them and they weren't believable yeah and and really i liked their their take on time travel where they had to hold him in the future in for the same length of time they needed him to stay in the past right exactly that was an interesting riff but also the the masterful job they did Retconning all the stuff that they hated about 
the previous movies and set us on course to go forward. This is Fox forging their Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And if you look at it, back up a little bit and look at the scale of Days of Future Past, it's an Avengers-level ensemble cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. That they pulled off, I would say, as well as Marvel did. Yes, they so, did a absolutely. great job with it. And so, I mean, it gives me hope because, yeah, Fantastic Four has no interest for me, mm-hmm. but maybe they understand it and know that they need to incorporate it. And with Deadpool, I hope they also say, you know, instead of trying to make it our own, why don't we figure out what people really like about the comic and, and, and we'll ascend, you know, basically feature that. Assimilate. Well, the fact mm-hmm. that Fox did not announce their next film as the crossover between X-Men and Fantastic Four right. shows me they're willing to do more world building before they go for that bigger universe thing. So they're not trying sure. to they're, – they're trying to catch up to Marvel eventually, but they want, they're going to spend the same amount of time building the backstory. So we're going to get another standalone X-Men film. We're going to get the Fantastic Four reboot. Deadpool will be in there maybe in his own universe possibly at around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what they announce later by way of, and now, the next X-Men movie where Johnny Storm shows up and yeah. spends the movie with the X-Men. Flame on. Off you go. All right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where they go. But the fact that they didn't go for the throat like DC Warner Brothers did with, here's the relaunch of Superman, and next one is basically the freaking Justice League. Right. With no time in between. Uh, no, you have not paid your dues. I'm still hoping to be bowled over and surprised and amazed at the incredible quality of Dawn of Justice, but I'm not holding my breath. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and I think, you know, funny enough for Warner Brothers, I think the biggest detriment is also their biggest success. The Nolan Batman movies just still ring too fresh in everyone's mind. Yep. That to feature another Batman take. Now, granted, you don't have to do his origin or anything, right. but just it's just really exists. hard for me to go back to a character that you left basically retired, yeah. <laughs> and with you know the creation of Nightwing happening. Well, and it would have been uh, to me. Uh, I'm uh, again. Nolan but how did, many times is Batman unretired, really? Well, oh, sure. I mean, even if you go into the cartoon where he's an old man, he's right. technically unretired. This would be their opportunity to make Batman not Bruce Wayne. Right. Make him, make it the character. And this, this means you could plug any actor they wanted into it later on, which would be beautiful from the studio standpoint, which is where, my, where Marvel is headed with all, all the superheroes we have now. They want to make the actors interchangeable, James Bond style, and yeah. have the stories keep going. This was their great chance to continue from Nolan and have it be where we left off. This is the grown-up version of Robin um, becoming the Batman, which is where they left off at the end of the Nolan films. Mm-hmm. Instead, nope, this is old Bruce Wayne because they wanted to borrow from The Dark Knight Returns. Right. I right. get that. And Nolan did a really good job of making his three movies encapsulated beginning, middle, end of story for Bruce Wayne, passing the torch to the next generation and moving on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it was very self-contained and yep. they can be left to stand on their own. But they they had such a tone mm-hmm. and a presence that it still looms over Dawn of Justice. And I'm curious so, to see what Batfleck turns out to be. Right. And I mean, I, I have high hopes for him as an actor, I'm more 
concerned about give, the what story is he to and work what, with. Yeah, what is he giving given to work with exactly? And so, we'll if, they, if they lift it directly from the pages of Dark Knight Returns, they could do worse. I mean, that's some good stuff, and yeah. they've certainly taken the look of the costume and the Batmobile, you know, especially the armor they showed in the teaser was straight out of um, the throwdown scene between Batman and Superman. Sure. So, great, they're borrowing the, the imagery. Good, good. Are they going to borrow the, the core of the character? Is this old, near the end of his career, Bruce Wayne Batman? Is that who we're going to get? Because they've always said, well, this is an older Batman. He's more mature. The shots of Affleck we've seen have been with the graying temples, a la Reed Richards, and you know, definitely yeah. an older, more mature, beaten down. We'll so many questions, so few yeah. answers, so much hope and so much fear tied up with Donna Justice. <laughs> right, right. I, we'll see. I, I, honestly, I'm more concerned on the Wonder Woman portrayal in it yes. than I am me too. on so the we, Batman. She just doesn't scream Amazon to me. The actress no. no. Even the first images of her. It's a great costume. Yeah. But who's in it? See, and I still didn't care for her costume. I still, yeah, but she's still tiny. Yeah, I, I don't mind tiny to me it'd be even better if she were stocky stocky she needs to be stocky oh, yeah. though she's i'm talking way, tiny as in physically right i could go for it to me a really short I, would, I think it'd be awesome to have a short stocky wonder woman to look up at superman and then kick his ass yeah that would be a freaking awesome where he just totally underestimates her and she's lays into him say hi power of a goddess wham um but they've, they've instead gone, I don't know, I, I don't know. Again, yeah. hopes and fears, hopes, not, enough, not enough data. Need more data. Need more data, absolutely. Uh, but in the land of getting a piece of data, which uh, lends some hope to the Marvel side of the movie universe, uh, the man of, oh my God, keeps showing up in genre films, left, right, center, above, below, to the side, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. As rumored... Uh, has, in fact, now been announced officially uh, for the role of Dr. Dr. Strange. Strange. Yep. He's going to show up in all my favorite fandoms eventually. He just, he, he mean, freaking Tolkien, you know, voicing in Tolkien. Uh, Sherlock was, you know, kind of his, his burst onto the scene. Sure. Khan, Nunyan Singh. Exactly. Um, we need to put him in uh, Star Wars now. Yeah, there was speculation. Did you see that when they when they released the teaser trailer, the voiceover uh-huh. sounded a lot like him when he's doing <laughs> Smog. So the fans were like, "Ooh!" No, that was Andy Circus actually. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. But it was Andy, no, they, but it was Andy mean, Circus just... doing a great Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> just have him, you know, voice a Jawa. I know. Utini. Like, Utini. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to make him a Jedi or anything, right, right. you know? I yeah. mean, there you go. It'd be hilarious. He can be, he can be like one of the robots. The he can be a droid. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be fun fan service just to throw him in there like they threw Nathan Fillion's voiceover into uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just to mess with you. Um, but uh, the Doctor Strange film uh, 2016 release again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, looking at his performance in Sherlock, he will certainly be able to nail the arrogant neurosurgeon pre-life-altering events, Stephen Strange. Uh, I yes, can, I can totally absolutely. Picture him with the goatee and 
you know, graying hair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, he hasn't let us down yet. Nope. So, again, we'll see what kind of material he is given to work with. This one, much like the concerns I expressed, the very first Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, galactic wing in Guardians of the Galaxy. This is their first delving into the mystical side, mm-hmm. which, if they do it right and get people interested, opens up hundreds of different titles that exist in that part of the Marvel Universe. Um, the whole, you know, Belasco subtitle or uh, sub story with Ilyana Rasputin with magic. Um, oh yeah, well, all, I mean, all kinds you, of demons. Uh, sure, you get maybe they can redo the Mandarin the way he's supposed to be done. Exactly, they certainly um, indicated that he's out there. Did you see the the short film of uh, what's his name of Trevor going to prison? No, no. no. Find it out. It's probably on YouTube by now, but it's okay. attached to Winter Soldier. I want to say. Oh, okay. It's called Hail to the King. Ah. And it's Trevor kind <laughs> of still inhabiting the persona and kind of ruling over the uh, the minions in jail. Yeah. Up until he encounters a minion of the true Mandarin. Ah. He's a, he's a little ups- the master is a little upset with you impersonating him. Gotcha. So they've definitely, oh, cool. they've, they've sown the seed of, oh shit, they're actually is a mandarin out there and he's none too pleased that his name has been taken in vain gotcha so they've laid it out so they certainly could go down the 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 road of oh here's by the way here's the real mandarin with the rings and the whole mystical power set yeah Um, and i mean dr strange would be a place to introduce that absolutely yeah so Um, that'd be cool yeah so but yeah once once you have dr strange you've You've opened up everything at that point. Absolutely. That's yeah. the last wing of the Marvel Universe that is closed off right now because they've never acknowledged magic exists. Right. They've always... Once you have him, you have that bridge. And I yeah. think it's magic is, is one of the hardest, um, I don't know, genres, I guess, to kind of bring in. In my in my opinion, because if, if the mutants expecting. really what they do is a lot of what they do is just an extension of what you can do right now, other than I guess telepathy and, and telekinesis. But you know, you're stronger, you're faster, you're you know some things like that. I just the problem with magic is it's a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going into the land of Harry Potter, where literally everything is possible, pretty much. That's, Unless. Yeah, that's the problem. They are good about building set the, rules. The rules, right? And this, they should be contracting Jim Butcher at this point, yeah. yeah, to come in and write the Bible of here is how magic works in the Marvel universe. Here's what it can do. Here is what it cannot do. And here is how it does what it does. So right. when you read the Dresden File novels, even without him getting too awfully specific. You know that the magic system involves intent and using your strength of will to power your intent, which can be supplemented by physical artifacts. So when they built the miniature, you know, Chicago, yes. to help them do tracking spells better, right? That made complete sense in the framework that he had already laid out. Yeah, his rings that those make right. complete sense. Sure, loved the kinetic energy rings. That, yeah, that that's amazing. So, that's soak up so a little smart. kinetic energy every time he swung his hand, and he could release them all at once. 
awesome conservation of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but whatever system they decide they want to be their system, it needs to be very clearly communicated during the arc of the Doctor Strange film. And then it needs to be strictly adhered to in all subsequent appearances of magic in the Marvel Universe. If they go off the rails and something just happens and there's no explanation within their rule set and it's just magic, then it becomes the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card, the ultimate deus ex machina, well, we'll just wave the wand and everyone's back to life and we hit the reset button and everything's cool. Yeah. That is so not interesting. No, no, it's not. killed me about Star Trek, you know, the TV series is they would have the magic reset button they pressed at the end of every episode and the characters would never grow and never develop and never change. Right. It's not what I want. What I love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far is the characters are different now than when they began. Yeah. Captain America is totally jaded at this point. You look at him at the beginning of uh, the first Avenger, the ultimate patriot. And the ultimate, you know, I'm out to do good in the universe guy. You look at him at the end of Winter Soldier, he's not the same man anymore. And right. that's awesome. That keeps me tuning in. I want to see what happens next. I want to see him regain his optimism now that they've beaten it out of him. Um, so we'll see, you know, I, I, we'll see how they handle magic. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they nail it. I hope, I literally... Hope someone is listening and goes out and calls up Jim Butcher's agent and said, hi, we want you as a script consultant on the Doctor Strange film. Because that would be a tremendously good decision, I think. Because he has demonstrated that he knows how to do magic entertainingly, well, and consistently. Absolutely. Soapbox is now put back away. <laughs> I feel strongly about this. Uh, no, I, I do too. It's, it's where they can go wrong really badly. Yeah, it can. And I don't want it to go wrong because I love Benedict Cumberbatch and Doctor Doctor Strange has always been an interesting character. He's never been one of my favorites. Have you ever? Did you watch their origin story animated film? Yeah. No, I, I didn't. You it should. Was good. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, surprisingly good. I mean, I wasn't expecting that kind of quality out of a Marvel film. I think it's streaming right now, either on Amazon or um, Netflix. Yeah, I caught it on Netflix, yeah. but I'm not it's, sure. It's one of those, it's one of those that comes and goes. Um, catch it next time it's streaming, Daxa, and I think uh, I think you'll dig it, and I think you'll you'll like the character even more, and want to see it as a, a live action film even more. Huh? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But they introduce all the out. all the important Doctor Strange concepts um, are laid out in that one. Um, you know, his his journey from asshole to sorcerer supreme, mm-hmm. and the big bads and how they operate and the other kind of people he fights alongside and all, all that, all that jazz is all in there. It's, 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 hmm. the, it's probably a, similar to what we're going to see in the live action films. It's going to be his origin story. I don't see. Right. They would, they would try to skip over that. <sighs> more, more like that. Um, <laughs> there was an announcement somewhere in there and we didn't get it in the notes here, but they have announced who they cast as Jessica Jones. Uh, for the... <laughs> they did. Just the other day. Kristen with a Y, Ritter, uh, and Mike Coulter in line for Luke Cage. So they're getting closer to production on the second round of Netflix originals. Marvel has has yet to cast Captain Marvel. They totally need, um, what's her name? Played Starbuck. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, What is her name? 
Can't think of her name, but yeah. But yeah, the, the actress who played Starbuck in the new Battlestar, physically and in the acting we've seen her do, I think would be a great Carol Danvers. Um, that and she's already a beloved uh, science fiction, you know, uh, actress. Um, but Marvel.com has confirmed casting of Jessica Jones, uh, Ritter as Jessica Jones, best known for her work on Breaking Bad. Uh, so who did she play on? Marvel Studios bringing to Netflix, and then not nice. official, but thinking of Mike Coulter, who I don't recognize as Luke Cage. He looks like he would fit the role beautifully. Yep. Uh, so they're definitely they're moving forward on the Netflix originals. I can't. I just I'm really excited to see those and see them be good because I want to. I want a constant stream of Marvel Universe goodness. Right where. There's a television show. When there's not a TV show, there's a Netflix original. And when there's not a Netflix original, oh, look, it's time for a new movie. They could get this, this total, almost perpetual feed of new content going. And that would, that would be my perfect world. No doubt. Oh, yeah, and they make comics, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, fill, to fill in the couple of days where there's not video stuff going on. Right. Um, yeah, see, I don't know much about the Jessica Jones character. So looking at her, I don't know if she's a good fit or not. Yeah, I, yeah, I have. No, I don't know anything about her at all. And I'm, I'm actually kind of glad I don't know anything about her at all because I can go into that one cold and just learn something new. Because um, one of the things about all this stuff being brought to the screen, I have all kinds of preconceptions on all these characters because I've been reading mm-hmm. them for years. Here's one that I haven't, and I've read very little of Power Man and Iron Fist. So that's going to be mostly new to me as well. I was never a Defenders or New Defenders reader. So I'm kind of peripherally aware of these guys, and I'm actually glad that they've gone for these tier, you know, these third tier characters that I never paid much attention to. So I can get something that's new to me. Um, bring it on, more like that. Bring it on. Just make sure the quality's there. I'm so demanding, you know. Mm-hmm. I want what I want <laughs> when I want it. I want it all. I want it all. Nice. I want it all. I want it now. I want it free. Right. And. On that bombshell, it is time to end and let you be free to go to do football. Or football. It. Football. All right. Thank you to the volunteers on the subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com, who help bring us all the linky, linky goodness uh, and the nerdy, nerdy fun found around the internet that we talk about every week. Who is, who is pinging me in... Uh, Mm. Someone's pinging you, huh? No, While on the air? Skype was, was just lighting up with weirdness, but there's, <laughs> but there's nothing actually there. <laughs> so it was a fantasy ping, I'm is what you're saying. I'm here. It was Doc Dead. Because uh, ah. we're on the, the wrong end of his show. It's like, what are you Uh-oh. doing? <laughs> All right, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, so I was just freaking him out. I said, why are you doing it on my servers? Dude? It's like, you, didn't, you don't follow me on Twitter, do you? Uh, <laughs> speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter. The show is Hardcore Casuals. Uh, the network is Alpha Geek Radio. I am on there as Gnomewise. She is on there as Daxa C-H. That's D-A-K-S-A-C-H. Uh, and Grail is on there as Izzy Grail. I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. Follow us for fun and festivities. You can send emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you like what we're doing here and you want to support it, go to patreon.com slash alphageek, and you can read all about how you can support us each and every month. Supporters uh, of the Patreon just made it possible for me to pay for the video automation software, which is now in place for alphageekvideo.com. 
watch this space for new and fun excitement and announcements about that coming soon because now it's actually working. So thank you to our patrons for making that possible. We massively appreciate it. You can listen to the show live every Sunday. Uh, normally, our time is uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Right now, because of football, we're doing it a little early because we don't want to skip a show if we can help it. And you can also listen on your mobile devices using the TuneIn app from TuneIn.com, available on every platform known to man, including refrigerators, washers, dryers, and toasters. Just search on the TuneIn app for Alpha Geek Radio to find all four of our channels there, and just tune in at the appropriate time for mobile live listening goodness. As we go on into the holiday season, another way you can support the network is to... Start your Amazon searches using the search widgets on the front page of alphageekradio.com. If you search for each of your items using that tool, at no extra cost to you, we will get a small slice of whatever you buy, and you'll be supporting the network. And it won't actually cost you anything other than the time it takes to start the search from our page instead of their page. What more could you ask for? I know not. I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And we be... people